0: The following audio is from a sermon series entitled Practicing the Way of Jesus, a study on the Sermon on the Mount. For more information about Sacred City Church, please visit sacredcitychurch.com. From Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is the word of the Lord. All right. All right. Welcome, everyone. Good morning, everybody. I was a little weak. I know it's super cloudy outside, but good morning, everyone. All right. You guys seem like you're more awake, ready to rock. Um, We welcome you guys out to Sacred City uh, Church. We appreciate you guys coming out. Um, And definitely to all the online folks, we uh, love you guys. We miss you, and we hope to see you guys um, soon. Um, But I'm excited to uh, just step in today um, and just kind of fill the shoes of Justin while he's getting that break. Um, But if you guys don't know me, of course, my name is Alex Tate. I'm on staff here. I'm the Sacred City Youth Director that has been a part of a lot of your teenagers' lives. I've been partnering with parents to help them um, with their youth understanding understand the gospel, live in community and on mission, and of course, being able to apply the gospel to their everyday life. So if you have youth or you know anyone, of course, just get with me after this, or if you can uh, grab a flyer in the foyer. But um, I'm also a pastoral resident here at Sacred City Church, where I'm learning what it looks like to be a pastor on um, from our pastor on both sides of the river, um, and then also what it looks like to uh, plant a church in the near future. Justin, asked me just to fill in Um, this morning as they're enjoying their baby girl, and we're happy that you guys are back. So hopefully... Um, he'll be back in the pulpit here um, next week. Um, I think that's just like the 10th quarantine baby we have here, right? Uh, our church is for surely in the business of being fruitful and multiplying uh, in quarantine and out of quarantine. Um, well, we got people going from sports trucks to sports cars to, uh, mo- and motorcycles to minivans and, of course, 16-passenger vans, right? So, um, but we, we appreciate you guys uh, being back. And uh, let's, we have so much work to do, so let's pray and we could jump right into that. Father, we just uh, thank you for who you are. We thank you that uh, you continue to uh, move in us, and um, I just pray that uh, you just open up the ears of your people today and their minds and their hearts and their hands and just that they can hear your word, not my words, but your words, Lord. And I just pray that you calm my nerves in the midst of this and that um, you give me strength throughout this. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. 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 So if you guys have not been with us, of course, following us on the uh, Spotify and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, and of course, our Sacred City Live podcast that we've been um, sending out to you guys on a weekly basis, Sacred City is a church that loves walking through books of the Bible. Of course, we go through chapter by chapter and verse by verse, and I just really love this because there's so much to explore in breaking down the text um, each week. So I hope that you guys are following along with us and reading in your devotions time and letting God do some work in your hearts. And over the last month, we have uh, been getting hit pretty hard here. We've been getting hit with some left jabs and some right jabs, and of course, some Mike Tyson uppercuts in this process of walking through the book of Matthew. And if you're really being honest with yourself on where you stand with Christ, on some things that have been revealed um, to you that we must repent of and turn to God so that the Holy Spirit can do some work in our hearts Jesus' Sermon on the Mount here is getting all in our business so that we can put things that we are hearing and reading from Scripture to action in our everyday life. And so that the Holy Spirit and God can do the work in our hearts. We can't just be hearers of God's word, but we must be doers of God's word like in our marriage that we have, like the marriage series that we have already hit on throughout this is we hit on anger, we hit on marriage, we hit on um, all the beatitudes, money and possessions, loving your enemy and judging others and praying and, of course, the golden rule. And last week we wrapped up with the um, gate of the kingdom of God that is very narrow. And I pray that God has been doing some work in your hearts throughout that. But today we're gonna stay in practicing the ways of Jesus where um, Jesus is challenging us again from his sermon on the Mount. Jesus is stepping up to the scenes here and laying out the foundation for us. Jesus now is the new authoritative covenant leader who is going to fulfill the storyline of the Torah, to love God and to love his neighbor as Himself perfectly. He is the long-awaited Messiah and king that has finally come to set up his kingdom. He came to confront evil, renew God's rule and reign, and create a new family, the family that will continue to build up God's kingdom. So Jesus starts off in this Sermon on the Mount on how to live in his father's kingdom. Their Sermon on the Mount is going to get in our business and challenge the way we see, challenge the way we think, and challenge the way we live, because we can't just be hearers and good readers and know all a, lot, a lot about God in our minds. It must sink down to the heart, and we must put our faith to practice, practicing the ways of Jesus, because our faith without works is dead. And today, remember, as I preach God's word today, I'm just the delivery man, all right? I'm just the delivery man that is dropping off a very, very heavy package to you today. But what you do with the package, what you do with the package when you take it all in is up to you. You can either It can either go in one ear and out the other. You can take it all in as head knowledge. You can process it for months and even years. But I pray that you open up your minds and your hearts and your hands and let God do some work in you this morning. Ask for renewal and transformation. So today I'm going to be asking you the question, which highway and path are you on this morning? Which highway and path are you on this morning? Are you following the religious workers of lawlessness path? Or are you on the path to following and practicing the ways of Jesus and doing the will of the Father? Which road are you on this morning? Because some of us think we are living for Christ. Some of us think we are on the right path, the path to the good life. And you have it in the bag, right? Because you have been doing this for years. Your family has been doing this for years. Or maybe that's not the case for you. Maybe you've just pushed away completely. It's too much. So let's jump into the book of Matthew. And for some of you guys that are just join us in this sermon series, um, our author of the book of Matthew is Matthew. He is the former tax collector that was heading down the wrong path. He was living for self, doing anything so that he could come off on top and, follow, and not following the ways of Jesus and doing the will of the Father. Until Jesus said, you come, you come, you right there, you come and follow me. And Matthew started to follow Jesus and doing the will of the father and became one of his 12 disciples. And Jesus showed him the good life and the path to following him. So Matthew is going to be reminded us today, if you want to flourish in this life, if you want to flourish in this life and the next, we must go and do the will of the father. To go and live like Christ, keeping the focus and staying steadfast and rooted in the gospel, not waving, but anchored in him. So let's jump in today. We're gonna be, I'm going to be coming from Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Um, let's go ahead and read that again. Um, there should be some bulletins in our Bibles next to you, um, or if you have your phone, you can pull your phone, your tablet out, go to your U-Version app or your Dwell app. I um, would just challenge you guys to go in there so you can follow along and so that you can make highlights and make notes as well. So when you're there, say amen and we can get going. I was only like three. So when, you, when you're all there, say amen, we can get going. All right. Cool. Cool. Let's jump in here. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who does the will of the father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I would declare to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Amen. Just do the will of the Father, we say, right? So tap your neighbor to the left and say, do the will of the Father. Tap your neighbor to the right and say, do the will of the Father. Look behind you, cover social distance, and say, don't you want to get in? Don't you want to get in? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it, right? And of course, Nike did not pay me to say that. But Jesus, again, is breaking this down in the simplest form for us this morning. Jesus is addressing this something deep here that a lot of people have questions about and giving us the answer. He is the teacher giving you the tests and the quizzes here for us this morning. I know some of you guys, once you kind of hear school, you want to check out, but just sit tight for a minute here because Jesus is also giving us the answers. He is giving us the cheat sheets that are normally in the back of the book for some of our teenagers that are here, right? This text is answering a question that a lot of us have. And the questions are, how do I make sure I'm on the right path? How do I make sure I'm on the right path? The path to flourishing in this life and the next. How do I drive right into the kingdom? How do I make sure... Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ knows me. Not just that I know him, but that Jesus knows me. And I'm doing the will of the Father. So if we really look deep at this text, this is a lot for us to chew on here. This is a tough stake and hard for us to swallow. Because it's not do you know Jesus? It's does Jesus know you? We are all at a crossroads here, and what path are you going to choose? There's not many roads and paths for you to choose here today. There are only two roads for us to choose from. And they lead to two different directions and destinations in life. And the first one is the path of lawlessness that is easy, wide, and has a ton of people. And a lot of people are like, yes, I want to get in. But this leads to death. Or are you following and practicing the ways of Jesus doing the will of the Father taking the path that is hard, small, very narrow, with not that many people, but it leads to life. Just think, where are you looking and where is your heart most of the time? Is it on the path to lawlessness? Is it only on social media? Is it only on YouTube? Is it always in someone else's business? Is it always trying just to find the good vibes? Is it always trying to find the inner circle of people? Is it only in the news and what your favorite anchor has to say? Where are you looking? Where are you looking today? Because where you are looking and where your heart is and where you're steering is where you will be going. Did you hear that? Where are you looking? Where is your gaze set this morning? Is it where, is where you're steering? And where you're steering is where you will be going. Is it the path that we choose and we we're not even thinking about it? Because a lot of us rode in a car or drove to get here this morning, right? As we look, we were going and heading down the, the direction where we were looking, where we were steering, and we got to the destination. So which path are you focusing on this morning? Which path are you taking? If you're really being honest with yourself, because Jesus gets right to it here today. With not sugarcoating anything, he's not beating behind the bush, he's getting to the point and he's telling everyone he is Lord. But he's also warning us because some of us are believing and living a false gospel, externally and internally. Because in this text, Jesus is addressing the question of the integrity of the disciples' and the leaders in the church. And how can we tell the church, how can we tell the difference between people in the church, between the workers of lawlessness and the disciples that are following the ways of Jesus and doing the will of the Father with a transformed and renewed heart? Some of you may have the question, what is this path of lawlessness? What is this path to following Jesus and doing the will of the Father this morning? Let's start with the path of lawlessness. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Lord is an oral confession of Jesus Christ as Lord and master, the supreme ruler over all. If you know Jesus as Lord means you have a serious level of engagement with him an intimate relationship with him spending time with him in prayer and in his word but it always but it does not always indicate a repentant and renewed heart they said lord lord they say they live for christ but their hearts are far from him steering in the direction of the workers of lawlessness talking the talking trying to and not walking the walk they come from missional communities in our church, and they come to church. They claim to know Jesus, but do not live as though they do. They said they did all these things in the name of Jesus. Jesus, They prophesied. They cast out demons. They were doing mighty works. But the kingdom community must guard against not only false pastors, but also false disciples. Wools and sheep's clothing just because you identify with the Lord and say you are his and that you know him does not mean he knows you. That's deep. We got to let that soak in just a little bit today. Just because you say that you are his or that you know him does not mean he knows you because the workers of lawlessness is the pretender He is the make believer. They believe the facts about Jesus, but never experience a convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe they have, and you just ignore it and push it away. With no desire to turn from your sin, you just sit right in it. Because they see their idols. They see their idols more glorious than they see God himself. This is the one that wears so many masks that they forget who they are. They're taking the mask off and putting it back on. They are the chameleon that blends in and out. The flashlight that turns on around church folks. And as soon as you leave, it shuts right off. They come to church to make the business deal. They are really shallow and unwise. They have all the right answers and great wordsmithers. The make-believer will not change, will not want to change their religion, even if they have to reject Jesus. They say, I am the good person. I'm the good person. Ask everybody about me. I am the good person. But look look, look at those people over there, right? Look, Look at those people over there. They have convinced themselves that they love their religion more than they love God. Maybe they can quote a lot of scriptures and read a lot of the right books and talk the talk and wear the clothes you wear and eat the food you eat and drink the stuff you drink. They are the ones that point out everyone's speck in their eye, but has a log in their own. This is the person that says they know Jesus. They are external beasts. They're knocking out every task that is given to them. But if you ask them if they're living like Christ behind closed doors... If you point out their sin just a little bit, if you just poke the bear just a little bit, if you ask them about their heart, they run, hide. They stay and fight and they like to play the victim. They have missed the piece about scripture where it's meant to be applied to their everyday life and also their hearts. They step back, they ponder, they reflect, they question and they argue rather than let God tear down their walls and barriers that they have built in their hearts so that God can build the bridges to help so that they can help build the kingdom of God so they listen to sermons like this one right someone else needed to hear that sermon right someone else this was this sermon was for someone else someone else needed to hear that particular sermon more than they do they have deceived themselves they lie to themselves It's so easy to sit comfortable in the chair or at home in the recliner, listen to a sermon and immediately think that it was for someone else. They needed to hear that. Trust me, my mom or my dad or my brother really needed to hear that sermon. My neighbor, someone in my missional community needed to hear that sermon. No, no, no. This sermon is for you. The the, the worker of lawlessness, they they said, Lord, Lord, Lord. They said they did all these things in the name of Jesus and and they cast out demons and they prophesied and they did mighty works. They were making their religion external and not internal. And Jesus said, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And we praise God for those people out there. Praise God those people are out there and not in here. No, no, no. These are some of the people that go to the church. They work in the church. They're deacons in the church. They're pastors in the church. They have deceived themselves. They continue to do everything so that they can get the glory and impress others around them. Matthew 6, 1 tells us about the workers of lawlessness. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. These are the people that look down on other people. They look at people as projects instead of people made in the image of God that need a neighbor to love them, that needs a community of people to come around them. There is so much going on in the world that is not the will of the Father. And let's be honest, there is some church hurt. Not God hurting people, but people hurting people. But for some of us, we have settled for this. We have stopped fighting the fight. We have stopped sharing truth and love rebuking a wicked heart. We said enough is enough. No need to love as long as you stay over there. You do you over there. I'm going to do me over here, right? As we let them follow their own standards, things they heard on TV and read in some books and on the internet, that fits their lifestyle and their standard. They know, but they do not live it internally and externally. And the sad part is the workers of lawlessness are here in the church. They say it with their mouths, but no action from their heart. At the church, we should help them turn from their sin, loving them with truth and love and pointing them to Jesus. I know this is getting deep, but trust me, I had to preach this to myself before I'm preaching this to you. I know it's getting a little hot in here. You wish that UPS got to never put that heavy package on your doorstep here this morning. But you might have the question. You might have the question this morning. How will Jesus know me? How do I know I'm looking and I'm steering and heading down the right direction with a transformed and renewed heart? How do I know I'm heading towards the hard and narrow path? I don't see many people. I'm having some doubt here. I don't want to be on the path of the workers of lawlessness. In our text, Jesus is giving us the answer here. But the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. So what is the will of the Father? What is the will of the Father? I'm trying to get in, we say. We heard the path to the workers of lawlessness already. Now here is the path to the workers, to the, to the will of the Father. But is this where you're staring and heading to? Is this where your gaze is with the repentant and transformed heart this morning? Or maybe you are still just having that little bit of doubt. Or maybe you're the person looking at everyone else, wondering if they're going to get in. Let's see what some of our scriptures say today, what the, what the will of the Father is. Matthew 7, 13, 14 starts us off by saying, Enter by the narrow gates, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are very few. And then John 8, 32 says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my words, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This is the will of the father. And then John fifteen three says... Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. This is the will of the Father. Second Corinthians thirteen fifteen says, examine yourself to see whether, whether you are in the faith. Test yourself, or do you realize this about yourself, that Jesus is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. This is the will of the Father. Luke 9, our last one here. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose or forfeit his life? This is the will of the Father. And in James, the book of James, he gives us a great example of what it looks like to have this faith and works with a transformed and renewed heart and to be known by God and called a friend, doing the will of the father, looking and steering, heading down the right narrow path. James chapter, one, chapter two, verse 20 and 24 here, do you want to be shown you foolish person? Trust me, this is in the text. This is right here in the text. I'm not calling anyone foolish here. That faith without works is useless. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? Abraham, if you don't know the story, I can just give you a quick breakdown. God told Abraham to take his son up the mountain to sacrifice him. Abraham was being put on the spot with his only son because his son was his top priority. He's seen him as precious and loved him. I have three boys right here. Which one am I going to choose, right? This would be hard for me. Who didn't take out the trash? Who who didn't walk the dog today, right? This would be tough for me to do. But our father Abraham did this, not knowing that God was going to provide a ram caught in a bush for him. But God wanted to see if he would put his heart and faith to works and do what God has asked him to do and trust him in the process. And God provided the sacrifice, which was the ram and not his son. You see, faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works here. And the scriptures was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Abraham believed God and was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. This is what it looks like here to be called the friend of God, to be known by him, and to do the will of the Father. Abraham trusted him and had an intimate relationship with God with a renewed and transformed heart. Let's keep moving in our text here. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I would declare to you, I never knew you, not ever did I know you. I had an intimate relationship with you. Depart from me, get out of here, go away, you workers of lawlessness. Externally, the workers of lawlessness did it all, but did not have an intimate relationship with God. Internally, their hearts were cold, bitter, detached, shut off, with walls and barriers, not trusting God. So where are you looking this morning? Where are you steering this morning? Which path are you heading down? Which kind of disciple are you? Do you line up more with the path of lawlessness, killing it everywhere you go, but have a cold, bitter, and detached heart with barriers and walls all the way up to the sky with no intimate relationship with God? The thing is, we get to meet God with grace now, or we will meet him on judgment day where you will be judged and cast out. You can't work your way out of this one. Or are you following the ways of Jesus, doing the will of the Father, keeping your foot on the neck of the old you and living out your new life in him with an intimate relationship and trust in him and in your word and in prayer and living in community? Jesus hits us again here with an uppercut today from this sermon on the mount to challenge us in our walk as Christians because... Are you just becoming a Christian just because it's cool? Are you you coming to church just because your family said this was the right thing to do? I want to fit in. Everyone told me this is where I could find a good husband or a good wife. Man, the church is really where I can boost up my business. I can make a ton of money here, right? And not doing the will of the Father. And when we look down on others because we say we're Christians, but are we living like it? With a loving and warm heart to God and others, with an intimate relationship, ask yourself, would you believe someone that called you friend, that called you daughter, that called you son, grandson, or granddaughter, and never, and said they loved you, but never lived it out? Externally and internally, no. So ask yourself this. Do you say you're a Christian and have faith in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and never live it out with action and with a transformed, trans, transformed and re- renewed heart? Doing the will of the Father. Maybe you stop reading your Bible. Maybe you stop praying. Maybe you don't like giving up your time. Maybe you like to separate your church folk and then your real people over here. Maybe someone hurts you and you're quick to cut them off. Maybe you stopped loving God and your neighbor as yourself. Maybe you're heartbroken and you don't want to let anyone in. I know this is hard hearing this, but this was me at a time of my life too. I was on the path to building walls and barriers and not following God. Dead on the streets with a detached heart, bitter and cold. And if you're being honest, this was probably you at a point in time in your life. This will be bad news for you if you leave here and try to do the will of the Father in order to be welcome in the family of God. Because you have tried, you have tried over and over. You're coming to church, leaving church, going to church, coming to church, and you can't do the will of the Father. If you raise your hand, I'm pretty sure this will be a lot of us here today. You say, I tried. And the thing is, you will never be able to do the will of the Father perfect. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care how much power and how much clout you think you have or how driven you are, how nice of a person you think you are or how disciplined you think you can be. You can't measure up. You cannot meet the standard of doing the will of the Father. But there's good news for you. If this is you, while you were still a sinner, while you were still acting as lords and control freaks over your own lives... Christ died for you. Our Lord and master came down and died and paid the sinful cost for you. As a savior, he knew no sin. He became sin. Jesus obeyed the father perfectly in our place. He did this for us. Something we could never do. I don't care how much you try to pull yourself up. It's not going to work. You're tired. You're exhausted. Enough is enough. But there's forgiveness for you. We can never do it. We can never meet it. But the thing is, God has died for us so that we can have forgiveness. We can have grace and we can have power when we turn to him. There is forgiveness for you. Repent and turn back around. Keep trusting in him. Leave your old life behind and pick up your new one in Christ. Some people will try to judge you. And who cares what they have to say because they did this to Jesus too. We serve a gracious and loving God, a a gracious king that's a friend to sinners that reaches out his hands when you fall short every single time. He is the defender of the weak and wants to be a home to the homeless, a father to the fatherless, and give power to the powerless. He is the one that if you are heading down the wrong road, count that storm, count that test that took you away and off course, count it as joy when you look back and thank God for putting you on his shoulders and helping you see, helping you steer in the right direction and helping you down the right narrow path. Jesus laid down his life for his friends, for his disciples, because he knew you could not handle it. You couldn't handle the task at hand so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14 tells us, for all who are led by the Holy Spirit are sons and daughters of God. Adopted, adopted into the family. You are his sons and daughters. So that we can go and practice his ways through the Holy spirit that can and will keep you head down the hard and narrow road where you might not see many people, but this is where Jesus will be. This is where eternal life will be. John six forty tells us this is the will of the father that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And he will raise you up on the last day. So you can go and live like Jesus, live in community like Jesus, be a missionary like Jesus, talk like Jesus, pray like Jesus, rest like Jesus, have joy like Jesus. Love God and your neighbor like Jesus. Your desire will be satisfied in his love for you. His love will come after you. His love will put you on his shoulders when you don't think you can take another step, but he is going to put you on his shoulders and walk the walk with you. His love will turn your cuts and your wounds from the world into beauty. His love will turn your shame into glory. His love will pick up your dead bones and your dead body and put life. But will you trust him? Heading down the path that is the will of the Father, filled with the Holy Spirit that is in you, And ask him to renew and transform your heart. Repent and turn to him. There is grace for you. This is the only. The only solid road foundation for you to drive on this morning. Down the narrow path where Jesus will be. As you take a step daily filled with the Holy Spirit. You can go and do the will of the father that will keep you. Remember. God is glorified most. God is glorified most when you are satisfied in him. Let's pray. Father, we just, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are a gracious father, that when we fall short and we're heading down the wrong path, that you will put us on your shoulders and bring us right back. I just thank you that there's grace. And then I just pray that everyone here that, is online and open up their ears and open up their minds and open up their hearts and received your word today. I pray that they didn't hear me, but they heard your spirit, Father. So we just thank you and we just pray that you continue to work through us throughout the rest of this week. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen.